Hi everyone, and welcome to the Illustration Department Podcast. My name is Giuseppe Castellano. In this podcast, I talk to folks in illustration, graphic design, publishing, animation, and other creative fields about their beginnings, their successes, and the bumps and bruises they've experienced along the way. In this episode, my guest is Corey Peterschmidt, book art and design manager at Blizzard. A work-life balance can be difficult to achieve in the field of illustration, especially if you live with depression. But, as Corey and I discuss, it is possible, no matter how life-altering the depression can be. Among other topics, Corey tells us what they look for in illustrators' portfolios and why they say there's magic in fan art. We talk about how trauma can split you into more than one person. And Corey shares what has helped them work and live with depression, including the healing power of illustration. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I also made a mistake of eating goldfish. That's like, never a mistake. I know, but like 10 minutes ago, and now I have like goldfish mouth. I feel like I'm looking around for my water. I can't find it. So I'm just not, I'm I'm just, just not, I'm not prepared for this conversation. I'm just proud to know that you're still eating goldfish crackers because <laughs> I literally just came back from Target yesterday nice. uh, with one of those cartons, yeah. you know, the, the giant cartons. Uh, yeah. Um, which Katie, my partner, and I, we go through one of those in, in maybe less than a week's time. <laughs> Honestly, probably would be faster if it wasn't for, like, other meals that we were required to eat as adults, you know? Yeah, I have um, I have a few slightly embarrassing habits, all bad in terms of health. One <laughs> is goldfish. Um, okay. And the other is really, like, any kind of, like, crunchy savory snack um, oh yeah like right around the time that i should be sleeping uh-huh. um, like going to bed <laughs> i'll like sit on the couch and watch something and something that yep. i've seen like a thousand times you know just to turn the turn the brain off yep and uh and then just start eating whatever's in my hand and just stop and not stop eating like you're at the movie theater you know how like you inhale popcorn at the movie theater uh-huh you never yeah. eat it it's- that way when you're at home Yep. It's like that. It's required. Yeah. It's required it's like to do it that way. I mean, the I don't know if you've seen those new goldfish commercials where they just it's like they're eating it like by giant handfuls and I'm like, <sighs> you finally got the branding correct. You I finally know. got the branding, the demographic, all attention. of it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you also have like the, the goldfish dust like everywhere? <laughs> that's, that's uh, because... No, because I'm I'm an orderly orderly goldfish eater, so Right. That's that's right. I forgot. You have your, your really strict, uh, regimented, um, you know, cleaning. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 We're, we're working on that. All I right. actually just Windexed, uh, the desk this morning in preparation for this call. I was like, I need to channel Giuseppe's energy for this call. What do we need to do? We need to Windex, Windex the desk. Yeah. <laughs> getting a glass desk is two things. It's one, it's great because it makes you feel like you're from the future. Mm, okay. Second thing is it's bad because every single little tiny blemish is noticeable. And then you're like, I have to deal with this now. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, I guess you have to wear long sleeves and gloves so that your skin never touches the glass. And then I guess in that case, sure. And that's the solution, especially in Southern California. It's not a problem. It's not a problem to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like, wait, is is it or isn't it? Is she joking? I can't tell. (laughs) Um, So, 
I don't have to explain anything to you because you've been here before. We've done this before. It was a little. You're talking to a different person, I guess technically, but yeah. it, but we have been here before. It's true. So okay. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank this, you for having us. It doesn't happen very often where I know I have folks come back, but you know, my favorites come back. Everyone else. Can I just feel suck it up. that makes me feel very special. I feel very special right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you were episode you were episode thirty eight, which was oh gosh, when did I come out? February. I remember it being February. Yeah, so it was twenty twenty. It was twenty twenty. So February twenty twenty. Oh, ouch, ouch, folks. <laughs> You, you, when I spoke with you then, you were Betsy Peterschmidt, senior yes. designer at Scholastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke at length about the color of Clifford, I remember. Oh, I did share that story recently with someone about nice. how Clifford did not have a Pantone and now until does. we started working there. Now he does. Yep. 185? Yep. 195C. Yeah, 195U, 195C. No, you were not wrong. 185U, 195C. Got it, got it. Yep, um, yep. A lot has happened since then, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for most people, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us. I mean, we I was in Brooklyn, and now I'm not. Yeah, you, you moved. Were, where were you then, and now where are you? I was in Brooklyn. I was in our. We had a really lovely apartment in Flatbush. Um, yep. Lived there for six years. Actually, saw that recently. Went back on the market. Only a hundred dollars more than it was when we left. And I was like, man, that is a that is a steal. And I wish. Oh, I miss that place, but you know, it right. was, a, it was a good home. You yeah. Know? Where are you now? Uh, we now live in uh, Southern California, Orange County. Nice. It's very different. It's very different. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here since uh, January of 2021. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that when I spoke with you on the podcast last, you were Betsy Peterschmidt, senior designer <laughs> at Scholastic. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> What name do you prefer? So I go by Corey now, my so, middle name. So you're Corey mm-hmm. Peter Schmidt, mm-hmm. something something at Activision Blizzard. So what's your title <laughs> yeah. at Activision? I am the book art and design manager, as nice. or as we like to say, bad manager, because it abbreviates book to art bad and design. Man- oh yeah. shit. <laughs> Oh, I love the hell out of that. Okay. Yeah, it makes me feel it makes me feel uh, powerful. So you're the bad manager at Activision Blizzard. That's just a strange or, name. Or I'm just, sorry. Or just Blizzard Entertainment. Okay. You know, I, I think I feel like Activision Blizzard is like that's my father's name. You know, like <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like calls Blizzard. It's fine. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So what does what does uh, a bad manager do in Activision? What does a bad manager do? Oof. Blizzard. I am responsible for pretty much anything, everything art and design on the books team. Um, So there's a division of Blizzard called Story Franchise Development, Mm -hmm. SFD. Mm -hmm. And we're basically the the part, I, I joke that we're like Catalina Island. And by the way, I am going to say this at the top of our conversation because this is a new thing that I should also preface with the the difference between Corey and, and Betsy yeah, is Corey is Betsy with boundaries. I mention that now because I can actually ask and tell people what my pronouns are without feeling bad about it. 
which oh. is amazing and liberating. It's amazing. So, Giuseppe, would you like to hear what our pronouns are? I would love to know. Okay. Our pronouns are neutral, plural, so they, them. Um, nice. And uh, if you slide a he in there every now and then, you know, mm-hmm. not going to say no. I'm not going to say no to that. Rocking. So there you go. Loving it. There it is. All right. There it is. Okay. So we're talking about, uh, right, so book art design manager, manage the books team, story mm-hmm. franchise development, which is everything at Blizzard that is not the game team. So like the cinematics department, those amazing cinematics that you've probably seen for like new characters launching for Overwatch and like the expansion for WoW and things like that. Yeah. That all comes from our, not my team directly, but, you know, our division. And it's just anything, you know, like so – like merchandise, uh, books, that's us, the mm-hmm. publishing, um, cinematics, all that. Anything to, you know, just kind of aid the games, you know, and yeah. doing the awesome work that they do. Right. Um, and it's all based on video games from Activision. From Blizzard, specifically. Or from Blizzard. Why do I keep confusing those two? It's okay. I was saying Activision Blizzard for like 20 years to you, so that probably didn't help. Oh, yeah, there you go. That'll do it. Maybe that'll do it. Yeah. For lore purposes, if anyone's curious to mm-hmm. any games out there, which I'm sure there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Blizzard, uh, the, the big the big games uh, are World of Warcraft, heard Diablo. Of heard of it. He- heard of that one. Um, Diablo, Diablo mm-hmm. tries. Totally. Uh, Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, Starcraft, which is an older one, but you know still Blizzard, and Hearthstone. So those are those are our big five games and um everything that i do is you know i work with the art directors on each of the game teams uh to kind of you know shepherd all of the art that we hire you know i there's oh my goodness i can't even tell you how many how many projects we're kicking off right now it's literally what i'm doing today um but you know i'm i'm looking for so much more talent than i've ever been looking for really illustration talent illustration talent we're doing comics we're doing graphic novels we're doing lore books we're doing novels we're doing everything we're doing cookbooks now yeah yeah there's a lot of we just did a the second iteration of world of warcraft cookbook about a year ago and uh the art director for wow was not impressed with the photos because they hadn't been like punched up or anything and comments i kid you not it just said quote feels sad (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I wrote on every one of your designs when <laughs> yeah, you passed me your book designs when we were at Penguin together. I just wrote feels sad. And then I drew like a sad face. And then you drew over <laughs> that with a happy face. And you're like, no, it's not. Get glasses. And no, exactly. Oh, my gosh. OK, so that's amazing. I mean, I, that actually was kind of one of my questions was, you know, how because I'm sure you've been made aware somehow either through the interwebs or friends or whatever colleagues that publishing is is is, uh it's like depending on who you talk to publishing is either like absolutely bursting at the seams with opportunity and then Mm -hmm. you talk to the next person in the next room and that person says publishing is dead and Mm -hmm. illustration is dead everything's dead so it's just it's very volatile i guess is maybe a fairer thing to say when describing like what's happening in publishing book publishing but this is a i mean you're in book publishing but it's a it's a little bit of a different beast yeah i like the word volatile i think that's a really appropriate adjective to describe because yeah i 
when I interviewed for the position, um, they hadn't, didn't actually have an art design person on the book scene before. It was all editorial positions. Right. And the senior designer who I worked with at Scholastic moved over to Blizzard as their lead editor, basically running the, de- she runs the department. And she and I worked together, like just, you know, we were two halves of the same coin on like right. every project. And so she's like texting me like, this place doesn't have seasons. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're, you're, you're talking to her going like, okay, so what are the books on the fall 2020 list? And they were like, what's that? What? What, what list? What's a list? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. exactly. They're like, we just want to do this thing someday. I don't know. It was yeah. like, what? So, you know, starting that job was really interesting because they didn't, you know, it's gaming. It's tech. It's a totally different industry. Yeah. But at the same time, Chloe and I are coming from this world of publishing so over the last two short years, really, uh, working with our amazing producer, that's the other thing, too, is because we're not technically in publishing anymore. We're in like gaming and yeah. entertainment. Yeah. We have a producer on our team. That's amazing. And I'll tell you something about producers. They make it happen. They're like the secret backbone to all of this. Like none of this stuff would happen because look at. We love our artists. We love, right? But we're all a little bit, right? Just a little. Sure. And it's really helpful to have, <laughs> not helpful. You need those people to, to yeah. come in and say, I think your is great. Now, when can we have it? Bye. Right. And what do we need to do to get you to that point? What do and you need? How can, right. What do you need? How can I set you up for mm-hmm. success? Right. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. and you know what that's like. Sure. You know perfectly well what that's like. So, but to go back to your question, you know, like books, publishing, dead, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you want my two cents, obviously, I don't think publishing is dead, but it's just a very, very different industry. And people are always going to want to read. People are always going to want to absorb content. It's just how is that content being absorbed? Mm-hmm. I actually remember pretty vividly back back in the day when we were just Betsy back at Penguin mm-hmm. talking to you about it, being like, why I'm hearing, I think it was because we were still a senior Pratt at the time yeah and it was like people are talking about like you know publishing's dead and why are you going to publishing and and you said well if publishing's dead we didn't get the memo it's true <laughs> Cause, man because we're doing well we're you know doing well we're always busy never yeah. ever is this true let me think about this for a second i think this, this is definitely true i was i never experienced a lull I mean, there we had there were moments where there were layoffs and things with the recession and yeah. all that, but there was never really like, there was never really a a lull in the amount. Like I was never worried that we didn't have enough work. Yeah, it wasn't like our jobs are on yeah. the line kind of thing. We always yeah, had totally. too much work. <laughs> yes, I mean it's true. We figured it out though. We you, did. You were you were you were amazing at at guiding your oh. your you know, design oh, stop. team. Oh, please keep so, going. No, I'm kidding. The, oh, stop. It's true, though. You know, um, the good old days. It's funny because you do, you know, moving from publishing and into entertainment, even though it's a totally different industry, you can see where these parallels are with mm-hmm. managing competing priorities. That's a term you taught us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, managing expectations, um, managing your bandwidth, managing your mental health, managing your work-life balance, all of those things are ubiquitous. It doesn't matter what industry you go into, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'll say the the most surprising thing about moving from 
publishing to entertainment. And I, and I, I can't speak for all gaming companies, but Blizzard is so collaborative. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. The Overwatch team, I really, really like working with all the teams for different reasons, but the Overwatch team especially, I think it's because they're the youngest team. They're just they're just like, oh, heck yeah. They're like down to just like try all these new things mm-hmm. and like, it, it almost feels like college again, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you remote currently? I was, I was, but um, not now. Uh, although actually uh, currently in this moment, yes, I am remote because we were exposed to someone this weekend who was... Oh. <laughs> Tested positive, Jesus. but in five days, assuming my test comes back negative, I'm back at the office, which is a five minute bike ride away, by the way. Brooklyn um, Schmooklyn is what I say. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I, I miss Brooklyn. I miss Brooklyn. I love where I am though. That. Um, <laughs> what, like, what would you say is the most effective way of finding illustrators for you, for the books that you do, mm-hmm. and just for for clarity's sake. It, it's not like you – I mean when, when you and I were at Penguin, we had a much wider – we had a very wide range of books. Yes. You know, formats yes. and styles. And so we could hire illustrators doing all kinds of different stuff. My guess, yes. you could tell me, but my guess here is that it isn't as wide. So it's not like any illustrator can just send their stuff to you and with, a, yeah. with the equal hope mm-hmm. of being hired. Like you're looking for a specific kind of illustrator, I'm guessing. That's true. I would say, you know, each game team has very specific criteria, but what we're looking for in general is someone who can nail anatomy, just, just spot on. Like that is the first thing that especially the Diablo team will point out, like they needed an anatomy course like that. That's an instant out. Like do your figure drawings, do all that. You nail it. You're that's great. That's like Mm -hmm. the first thing. The second thing is, it's actually not so much about style. It's more about being comfortable with iteration and collab and collaboration, you mm-hmm. know, cause mm-hmm. we're a collaborative company. And, you know, I will say, you know, we do pay a competitive rate to the books market. Nice. Um, you know, we, and, and especially since I'm there and I moonlight as an artist, it, it, author, illustrator, uh, you know, I'm very sensitive to making sure our artists are compensated fairly because of that, you know, there is some, sometimes there have been issues in the past with artists feeling like they're, Oh, but I drew this and I was really happy with it. And now you want to change it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's important to remember that the kind of art we're hiring, this is art that is existing as a part of the lore to this particular game. Right. You know, which isn't too dissimilar to like work for hire stuff for penguin, you know, it's like, well, this belongs to, to license. Right. Yeah. Copy artists is what we're saying, basically. Copy, copy artists, yeah. And, and but but it is. Um, but there's room for creativity. There's room for like interpretation. They don't have to. Look, it doesn't have to look exactly like the video game art. Yes and no. I mean, there's like I said, it depends on the on the franchise. Like, I'll right. I'll give you a really good example. The World of Warcraft has a very specific style. Mm-hmm. You can play the game for five minutes and know what that style is. It's 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 um, it's it's this fantasy. It kind of has. I don't like, I don't want to say cartoony. It's not cartoony, but it, it has these very exaggerated features across the board on everything. Mm-hmm. There's a playfulness to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It almost kind of makes me think of um, a little bit like, a little bit Bill Watterson esque. Like you see these exaggerations, you know? Like his, sure. the way the man can draw furniture is amazing, right? You just mm-hmm. like, that is a delightful dresser. I am so happy looking at that dresser, mm-hmm. you know? 
I haven't I haven't given up on my quest to to, to talk to him on the podcast, but it's oh, it's damn damn near there. impossible. Put it, put it out there in the quantum field, Giuseppe. Anything is possible. I believe that. I'm I'm pretending to be an illustrator who's listening. I'm like, oh my god, I love World of Warcraft, and I can do anatomy, and I'm an illustrator. Yeah. I'm a pro, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I like what Corey has to say about stuff. So, so what then? I will add this too, and I know we've talked about this before, but there is magic in drawing fan art. I have hired. Oh, I can't absolutely count how, agree. Yeah, I can't count how many artists I have hired just because either we found their fan art and we were like, Hey, look, they're already a fan because that's the thing. It's like, not only can you draw the characters, but that immediately gets the art director's attention. Oh my God. When I show, of course, and they see in the portfolio, the contact sheet that I've contact sheet, you know, where you put all the, I obviously you know what this is, but I'm explaining to your, to yeah, your listeners. No, I, I keep going. Uh-huh. Contact sheet in the industry. It's like when you put together a PDF or whatever, what mm-hmm. have you of a bunch of images, mm-hmm. um, and you present it, you know? Yeah. Um, so putting that together, we present these, cause it's not like we go up to these art directors and we just show them a name and they're like, okay, figured out. We, we put, we, we specifically pull pieces from your portfolio. Yeah. We cherry put pick. It, we cherry pick. We do. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we're like in particular, like, Oh, this book we're doing is going to be a lot of two color vignettes. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for stuff that's going to be mostly black and white in your portfolio, even mm-hmm. though your color work is great. That's what I'm focusing on right now. So on and so forth. But if you have like Overwatch, especially there's a lot of amazing fan artists out there. Uh, if you have, you know, an amazing Widowmaker illustration in your portfolio, I'm going to put it in the pile and they're going to see that. And they're going to immediately remember that they're going to mm-hmm. be like, that's really cool. They yep. know our game. Yeah. It just, it, 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 it removes number of steps. Oh, in getting I, I don't think you and I talked about this last time, but it was, I mean, fan art, we I've talked about fan art from time to time on the podcast. It is absolutely a viable way of creating work and putting it in your portfolio. Hundred percent. Anyone who says otherwise is yeah. just dead wrong. They're just dead wrong. Well, and I'll tell you a secret. Uh, I have a secret Instagram um, that is only fan art, and it has over twice the amount of followers that my regular one has. Surprise! Surprise! Um, surprise! Surprise! But I but and I don't say that to be discouraging. No, I, say I don't that. either. That's my point. <laughs> That's my yeah. point. Like, uh, people know the characters. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And also, as an art director, like we, I mean, you know, you and I were we're sort of cut from the same cloth. So it's like, oh, yeah. wait, I have to do a book about Adventure Time. I guess I'm just gonna have to sit here and watch a few episodes. But yeah. it wasn't. We didn't always have time to watch every single episode or like yeah. really familiarize ourselves with whatever show we were doing books yep. for. So mm-hmm. if you could find an illustrator who's a fan. Then, yes. of course, then you're like, OK, well, at least they know that like third character in, in Adventure Time episode seven. Dude, like, you know, dude, they, yeah, we've had people so much more in the world than we are come back and say this isn't the correct armor set. Like, <laughs> it's incredible when it Great. happens. It's like yeah. I bow to you. Yeah, like, I am humble. And, and by the way, the product is better for the reader. So the kid just it gets a is. better product all the way around. And then the art director is happy. You know that yeah. line, happy Win-win. wife, happy life. Sure. <laughs> happy glad. art director, happy. I'm glad you said that. That's all I got to say. I'm glad you said that line, <laughs> not me. I don't think I'm allowed to say that line as a white hetero bro. Well, it, well, it, 
I mean, it doesn't have to be wife. You know, happy spouse. Happy, happy partner. Happy partner. Happy. <laughs> I have been. I have been really over the past couple of years. Really tried. I'm trying very hard to to eliminate the assumption of wife and husband. And husband. Out of Smart. my out of my vocabulary. Yeah. That's healthy. I think that's partner. really healthy. Yeah, and I like partner. I like that too. Partner's partner, great. Here's why I love partner. Last two people I've dated have we've used the term partner. This mm-hmm. is why I love it. My girlfriend when we first started using it, she's like, God, it's so weird. But now she just uses it. Partner, partner, partner. It's like, yeah. you know, never change. It it feels very like multifaceted too. It's like partner can mean spouse. It can mean oh, work. Yeah, exactly. It can mean it can mean all these things. And for a lot of folks, you know, their partner, they are working together mm-hmm. also. No, um, and when you are in a relationship with someone, you are in a partnership. You exactly. are in agreement. You are working together. I think that's what's so lovely about it, too. Yeah. You know, and it's gender neutral, which I'm always a fan of. Yeah, bonus. Um, bonus. So, one other thing you and I talked about last time, yes, was depression. Oh, and the fact that you and I both live with it. How's mm. your depression doing these days, Corey? <laughs> okay, how many hours you got? <laughs> Well, let me, right. so, let me just... <laughs> How much time you have? <laughs> um, not a whole lot of time, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i actually been doing quite well with That's my great. depression over the past few years. Really- oh, God, it's always hard to talk about. It always is hard to talk about. No matter how many times you talk about it, my heart rate just starts increasing the minute I start talking you- about this shit. Is it because you and, and I'm and I'm feeling that too, just because I'm an empath, like is it because you're worried that people are gonna judge you or yes. like say I don't understand? Like, yep, yeah, okay. Judging I'll mostly t- judging. Yeah. Like I'd say oh, flat out, not a, we're gonna judge you. <laughs> yeah, he's clawing for sympathy or what some yeah. other bullshit. But, yeah, well, yeah. I, totally. We get that too. Yeah. But honestly, I mean it's so it's been well, it's been going well. It was terrible for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, bad. Between let's see, eighteen 2018 mm-hmm. to 2020 was mm. very bad. Um, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here on this planet anymore bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it got better after 20, like late 2020 into to today. So it's been a couple years now. Yeah. All like long stretches of like non-existence. Mm-hmm. COVID mm-hmm. didn't help much. And yeah. not, neither did just like a bunch of other random bullshit that's happening in my life privately and just in our lives collectively. Um, yes. But I had to say the other couple of weeks ago, it, I like took a nosedive oh. and it's, I'm better now. It's all good now, yeah. but it, it got triggered by my depression gets triggered by, um, how do I say this? It gets triggered by seeing photographs of myself or my family before depression was a part of my life. Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, I see that person or I see Mm. those, like those kids and I'm like, I remember that time. Yeah. And it's almost like I see that person, that other me, that pre depression me and think of that. Like I am not him. That's how, that's how my brain, Mm -hmm. sort. that's how I think of it. You're separated. Totally separated. That is yeah. not like I'm not that guy. That guy's gone. Uh, I'm a different yeah. guy, and I'm just trying to work at like being the best version of whatever this is. That's do you it. see him, and do you feel sad? Like you feel like you want to protect him? Like you feel sad? I like, feel sad that the other guy. I feel sad that I'm not the other guy. 
Oh, that's okay. that's it's that's like where longing. that comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. it hit me. It yeah. hit me because like I was sitting there minding my business. My you know my wife and yeah. I, my partner and I, yeah. were sitting on the porch yeah. and Your um, just yeah. chilling. And she showed me some photographs. She's like, "Oh my god, look at this cute photograph!" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's cool, 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 cool." And then a couple hours later, started to see it. Just I just was like, it just yeah, I couldn't focus. I got irritable, and I'm like, "Oh god, I know this feeling," and it and it dropped yeah. for a good couple weeks, and it got better. Um, it was a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. So that's a big trigger. Yeah. Um, it was a huge yeah. trigger. Um, but anyway, so how's yours? You know, thank you for sharing that because you made me realize something just now. It's funny that we call them triggers. Sometimes they're not triggers. They're, it's like a poisonous wound, like a, like a sting, but you don't feel the sting mm-hmm. at first. Maybe you do, but, but it's like a poison that slowly seeps in, you know? We should come up with a better word because trigger, I think still works. But like, like I was literally talking with my parents last night about triggers because uh, I'll, I'll skim over the, the, the details, but because of time, <laughs> but basically, I mean, I thought I would, same as you looking at photos of Betsy, you know, before becoming Corey, mm. it was like that person has no idea what's to come and you know we were self we were self-aware enough yeah we were self-aware enough to have like medication and like you know oh you probably have chronic depression and you'll have it forever and you know going to the therapist and talking to friends and i was like i'm happy i'm in new york i'm with people i love it's a great energy blah 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 like my mentors and stuff i moved out here and three two psychiatrists unrelated to each other both described it independently as a perfect storm. And what happened was um, essentially uh, my brain split in half in the most poetic, but also in the most real sense, I lost my mind for maybe about, maybe about four months. Did this, did this happen after boys with wings released? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. And that was one of the, the 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 storm pieces. And if I start getting emotional, it's it's not because I'm sad. It's because whenever I talk about it, it like I don't know. The body just reacts. It's like we remember that time as incredibly painful. I'm okay to talk about it though. I want to be clear about that. Yeah. Um, Boys with Wings, Amelia Arroway, Castaway Commander. Hi hi. First ever graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Author, illustrator, everything. Scholastic. Um. Scholastic, you know, um, we talked about it in that previous episode. Right. I think when we spoke last, you were, it was that year it was going to release later that year. Yes. It, or it was, uh, we were wrapping up like colors because right. it, it released in August of 2021. Gotcha. So a little over a year ago. Okay. We spent 10 years on that book. Mm-hmm. 10 years. And it wasn't just uh, casually working on at night. First thing we think about when we wake up, last thing we think about going to bed, waiting in line for Starbucks, you know, uh, on hold on the phone, you know, just any, any opportunity where we weren't actually doing anything else or attention wasn't occupied elsewhere. Our, our mind was in that world, mm-hmm. building those characters, all of it. And to say that your work isn't personal and when people say don't take it personally when they critique your work, 
I just want to say, you know, I'm not going to swear. I already swore, I think, but you know, you have no idea how personal it is to put your work out in the world. Mm-hmm. After the book came out, slowly, it took about six months, but slowly the brain started to kind of, you know, falter a bit. And nobody knew what was going on, especially us. But by the time January came around and we had to go back into work, we couldn't. We couldn't do it. We started, people around us started to recognize we didn't sound like Betsy. We didn't sound like this person that they knew. They sounded different. They sounded like something was wrong. In in essence, Betsy's life ended Mm -hmm. four months ago. And she's not here anymore. And... I miss her, but, you know, she had to, she had so many things that we couldn't fix and mm-hmm. it just was decided it was best to create a new mind, a, a new brain, um, and put her, put her to rest. Mm-hmm. And, um, in hindsight, I'm glad we had the foresight to put the name B.C. Peter Schmidt on the book because the C stands for Corey. Um, nice. But it's it's interesting how your brain knows these things if you don't know these things. Like you, you, there really are different facets of you inside of your mind who are in the future, who are in the past, who are at different points in time. And we are now fully aware of what we are and what we have. And and to answer your question, are we okay? Yes, but it came to a very, very, it got dangerously close at the beginning of the year. Um, and I will say this too, that, you know, with again, without going into details, I mean, it was a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. And you don't come out of a near-death experience as the same person. I didn't. Yeah. You're going to find this hilarious. Uh, I saw someone post on Twitter the other day that depression is a choice. <clears throat> and it's not the first time I've seen that. And I mean, I'm just like, oh, my God. Is cancer a choice? Read a fucking book. Yeah. You know? Is cancer a choice? Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, it's like, better yet, you know what? Forget a book. You don't even have to read a book. Just read like a one minute long blog post on Medium while you're nuking your fucking Velveeta dinner. And you'll see that depression and like suicide ideation and and all the sort of surrounding mental illnesses is not a fucking choice. And and I will add to that too, Giuseppe, that person microwaving their Velveeta, Velveeta, Velveeta dinner. dinner. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's they they haven't had to look death in the eyes yet. And death can be metaphorical. It doesn't have to be literal, but like to actually look your demons in the eyes and recognize and, and experience the true fear and humiliate and, and um, just just to experience all of those emotions. Yeah, it your, your changes brain, you. Yeah, and, I mean, your brain doesn't. It isn't just a normal thought process. It is. It is a lightning strike. Something's going to scar. Is. Something's going to change. And trauma, that's what it does, is it is it alters something in your mind. And what happened to us, we've learned, is something happened in our youth that altered the wiring in our brain. So we couldn't actually uh, properly um, see ourselves as a person. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we still don't have a diagnosis, but, um, but it, you know, it, it's like you said, depression is, it's such a big thing, mm-hmm. but it, and it describes so many things, but everyone experiences it differently, you know? Yeah. And it's not even an accurate term. It's not, it's yeah. getting less and less accurate. I find especially mm-hmm. these days because yes. it enco- yes. encompasses so many different things like depression. You think depression, you just think like, Oh, you know, sit You're on the sad. couch, put Yeah, exactly. And yeah. no, no, uh, you know, a lot of people are very, very high functioning and they're like, yeah. you never see them sad, but it's mm-hmm. like their brain is just revving at like 4,000 rotations per minute. Yeah. And they're not going anywhere. And that's something I'll share too is, you know, and you probably noticed this with, with, you know, with Betsy, our previous Pokemon evolution, um, <laughs> back at Penguin, uh, you know, she, her depression manifested as anxiety mm-hmm. where, you know, she would come into work and she'd be like, Oh my gosh, I, Oh, I didn't write this thing. And I was supposed to write this thing. I'm so sorry. I messed up this template. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I will tell you something right now, Giuseppe. Uh, I don't believe we've told you this, but, um, now that we live in California, we have a car, call it our spaceship. Love it. Um, so 2007 Prius got it used. It's awesome. Is it the I millennial Falcon? Is that what it is? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> oh my God. I had to. I'm sorry. It's so good. <laughs> I'm back. We're back. folks. Yeah. Um, no more dad jokes. Okay. <laughs> get out of here. Well, listen, I'm two dads, two dad jokes in a trench coat. It's what my gender is. So, uh, awesome. and- so, yeah. So, um, you know, we're driving a lot and, um, you know, didn't have a car the 10 years we lived in New York because no, no one really owns a car out there. Mm, You're sure. Some people do. And I know you did, but you know, now that we're driving again, it's like, we're thinking in a very different way. And it, there isn't a day that goes by. We don't think about the metaphor you gave us once in a performance review. And it was, uh, and maybe you remember this, but, um, talking about driving and missing an exit, missing your exit mm-hmm. and the difference between driving, missing your exit and, ah, uh, shoot. All right, let's grab the next one versus, Oh, I missed my exit. Oh no, I, oh, I missed it. What are we going to do? And you're looking behind you. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah. We think of that almost every day because that is how we operated before. In essence, that was, that was how, I mean, fortunately we didn't crash, but we did crash at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you know, right. um, so worried about what other people thought. So worried about, you know, asking for help and, and all these things. And, you know, I'm still coming out of it. So that's why I feel like I haven't been the most cohesive talking about exactly what happened. I'm sure everyone is like, this is very nebulous. Okay. A thing happened at the beginning of the year and you're a different name. Okay. Yeah. But, well, you share what you share. It's okay. Yeah. But I, I will share that, you know, it saved, you know, it saved my life. It, it, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it was really painful. Um, you know, our mom lived with us for about a month to, mm-hmm. I mean, we literally couldn't walk at parts. <laughs> like we had to like reteach the body how to do things. It was a complete reassembly of the mind. You know, we were on leave from Blizzard, and this is why I, one reason I love my job is, you know, they 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 gave us the time we needed to heal. Having these 
guardians, essentially, you mm. know, people in our lives who just noticed what was happening and was like, this is something's going on and, and you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to actually lay in my safety net. You know, I like to think of a safety net as you can't just have the one person, just one rope. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. It will snap under the pressure. You, you know, it just, the, the more safety, the more ropes you have in your, in your life, you know, the, the more widely cast your safety net is the more it's going to hold you up when you fall and we were totally totally laying on that safety net for a significant amount of time Mm -hmm. but i i I, see you're talking about that anxiety when you're like talking about your health right you're like i don't want people to think blah 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 blah, judgment i'm i'm scared of that but i so this is the anxiety part speaking you know i hope that that made sense all of that that i just said well (laughs) Um, it does, um, but even if it didn't, who gives a shit? It's it's how you are verbalizing an incredibly complex experience, mm. and I think for anybody, and, and thankfully there are more people talking about uh, mental wellness, mental illness mm-hmm. in the in our illustration circles. I feel like I'm starting to see more and more people mm-hmm. on social media, just you know, just outright mm-hmm. going like outright sharing like their own experience and stuff and that's great and i think more people need to do it um Mm -hmm. i'm still waiting on like the superstars of the industry to talk about it but yeah i don't (laughs) pretend to know everything that everyone tweets at every at any given minute like most like some people do so maybe they are and i just don't see it and that's fine yeah um but yeah i mean it i this comes up a lot and i mean you know how many times per month an illustrator I talk to cries during like a session, a portfolio review or just your mentorship Mm. once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's because they start talking about something that is very personal to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it is personal. It's our work. You know, it, it is. is. Pers- it's like, you don't take it personally. Yeah. Fuck you. I ain't going to take it personally. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted you know? to say. Um, it's like when people say, like, don't be so defensive. Don't be so fucking offensive. You yeah, be, yeah, how right. about you stop being offensive and then I'll stop being defensive. How's that? Well, also, like, I'm opening my heart out. Exactly. Like, this is this is everything you see. And at the beginning of this year, and, and I'll tell you this, I mean, this experience was so grandiose and spectacular that I feel virtually certain this is what our next graphic novel will be about, Mm -hmm. um, is about the journey of how the pieces of my mind tried to find each other again and came back together. Oh my God. I hope you do that. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a sneak peek. It's in space. Takes place in space. You know, I love that. So already (laughs) one for one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. One for one. But uh, before I forget, you know, t- talking about like what you were saying earlier about like the guy, the per- the guy, I don't mean to assume gender, but like the person who posted that depression is a choice. I it was mean, a guy. it was hundred percent a guy. Okay. Like as a fact. It was a, it was a Velveeta. It was a microwave, microwavable <laughs> Velveeta dinner that had come Where did come that to come life. from? I haven't had, <laughs> I don't know. What it was uh, whatever. Like. No, it was a, it was a guy. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, they, that person, you know, I would urge them, I would challenge them. And this is, this is a phrase I learned in group therapy. I would challenge them to look inwards and ask themselves, 
Am I really happy? Am I really doing what I want? Am I really living the true life that I, we want to live? And I asked that, you know, everyone's asking that now because after COVID, I mean, COVID's still going on, but, you know, after that massive trauma that affected literally every person in mm-hmm. the world in some way, virtually right. every person. Yeah. I joke that I joke and I don't joke that everyone has some kind of depression now. Somebody, everyone has something now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's whether you're aware of it or not. I mean, but but I have to say, as a as a, a, a bleeding optimist, it trauma, shared trauma, is is what helps people come together. Mm-hmm. God, if there's any one thing that we are all on the same page about, it doesn't matter about vaccination, mm-hmm. how you feel about that. It's just COVID disrupted your life in some way. And we can all agree on that. I I learned a new word the other day. This is a true story. Like okay. three days ago. Mm-hmm. It's called catastrophizing. Ah, okay. When I learned about it, it struck true to me um so it's it's catastrophizing for folks who don't know it's a way of thinking as far as i'm understanding it so far it's a way of thinking in which a person sees like an unfavorable outcome all the time for everything yep and Mm -hmm. it usually stems from an acute traumatic experience so it's basically your brain saying ain't no way in hell I will let that level of trauma happen to us again. Mm-hmm. And, and you was, go on defensive. And you, you go, go defensive. And so that's why sometimes for folks listening, if they have a friend whom you may or may not think is has maybe is living with depression and they're always defensive, mm-hmm. it's probably because they always feel like they're being attacked. Even though it's not mm-hmm. actually happening, that's what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. They're catastrophizing. They they're always on the alert, mm-hmm. which is probably why they're always tired. Or yes, yes. Distracted. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Unable to focus. Unable to sustain like long moments of like conversation or joy because you start drifting. That yeah. sort of thing. Anyway, so it just. I mean, I learned about that word literally the other day, and I just it just wow. like struck me right in the head. Wow. Um, and I, I feel like yeah, it seems like everything that we talk about with this sort of – with all of this, with mental illness, mental wellness, mm-hmm. it seems to me that it all stems from the question of whether or not we are deserving of happiness, period. Mm. Like that mm. is the bottom of the pot boiled down mm. center of like – of all of this. Do we mm. – or do we not deserve to be happy? Yeah. And deserving of like the ability to experience joy without immediately feeling guilty about it, which is something that yes. I'm struggling with. Oh my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, all the time. I struggle all the time. <laughs> I get something happens really great and I'm like, what? I don't deserve it. Or, awesome. or deserving of the privilege yeah. to focus on what matters to us, like our family, friends, our art, our work, fucking gardening, like 
but we can't. (laughs) Like that is a privilege for people who, who don't know what it feels like to be depressed or to have their brain not function the way quote is supposed to function. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not a hundred percent focused on the thing that you're doing, Mm -hmm. even though it looks like you're enjoying it. Maybe, maybe they are, but it's it's because right. There's some, there's some, and I really do like to think of our brains as computers. Like there's some software running in the background that is eating bandwidth and you you didn't even know it was there. You got to clear those caches, baby. Like, you know, And and I and I really That's appreciate perfect analogy. That. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, our brains are incredible. They're so amazing, Giuseppe. And like this is this book idea that we've got. It's like the, it's all the spaceship that they fly in. It's it's all a metaphor. <laughs> you notice I have a theme about making books about spaceships that break down or ships that break down that need to be fixed. <laughs> But like thinking of our mind, literally my therapist is, she's amazing. She, she's completely transformed our lives. And like, you know, we've drawn, we've literally drawn what our mind looks like, our new mind, Mm -hmm. the new one that we built Mm -hmm. and what it looks like and, and how it's composed. And when a machine is broken, you need to figure out, you dissect it, you figure out what the, where the problem is. You don't look at it and say, Hey, feel better, figure it out. You don't do that. Why is your brain any different? You need to be able to look at every single part and ask each part, hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And doing this parts work is crucial to healing because mm-hmm. there are parts of us, parts of you when you were 12, when you were 11, when you were 10, any given moment of your life are still in your mind somewhere. And some of them are crying for help and you don't even know it's hard work. I'm not going to say it's easy, Mm -hmm. but like it is, I have changed so much in the last year, half, not even a year yet, Mm -hmm. the last eight, nine months alone than the last 10 years, because we've been able to go back and look at my, my machine brain, look at the computer and say, these parts were not wired properly. We mm-hmm. have to fix these. This is a big, and, and I'd be actually really curious to know uh, any of your listeners are welcome to reach out to us on Instagram and say if they feel this way too. Our deepest trauma is one quote. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You are too privileged to be sad. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it one more time for emphasis. You are too privileged to be sad. That was the logic that our entire brain has been wired around since like the age of seven, mm-hmm. eight. And it's not that anyone said that to us per se, but it was the messages, it was the actions, it was everything around us that said, you are these criteria, therefore you are not allowed to feel feelings because these are the people who can feel feelings. You cannot because you have all these things that you need. So shut your mouth, mm-hmm. you know, walk, walk it off. Wo- wo- Don't worry about walk it. Walk it off, move on. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Right. You know, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's a whole load of bullshit because you have feelings in your, in your mind that need to be processed just like everyone else. Yeah. Is there a time and place for those things to be discussed? Absolutely. But sure. Those illustration things. podcasts, for example. Yeah, exactly. The best place for it. <laughs> like we have to talk about our feelings. I, and we we have do. To get, we like do. the best work is the personal work. I mean, yeah. right? And like, guess where the good work the, comes from? Guess where your good yes. illustration work comes from? 
Hello. It comes from, yeah, it comes from within. And like, I mean, maybe you remember the demon illustration that we did like a million years ago of like the figure within the jaws of the serpent, Mm -hmm. you know, the stalemate. And we ended up turning that depression piece into a series. And that's actually going to be a huge visual theme in this new book we're working on. Um, see, see, now I'm actually putting it into the quantum field that I'm working on this book, Giuseppe. You're holding me accountable without even realizing I love it. that I have to make this thing. And I want it on my desk uh, by Monday, first thing, <laughs> oh, so I can review it and I can put on it, this makes me sad. And then just, yeah, just going to say you can write feels sad. <laughs> sad. Oh, my God. Um, so I, one other last point I want to make about this, and then, and then I want to... Um, I have another question for you. And then we should wrap it up, sadly. But um, um I miss talking to you. I know. Likewise. See, this is, I mean, and this is, if anyone ever thought like, gee, what was it like behind the scenes of Penguin in like Giuseppe's office? Listen like, this. this is it. I mean, we're just basically like talking for an hour about like going a mile a minute, 15 and different going, subjects. And going one second from like, you know, talking about uh, a really stupid, like, you know, somebody found something phallic on a book cover to, uh, you know, d- depression, like in, yeah. with, within Star about Wars. a second to, <clears throat> yeah. to Star Wars within a 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for people who and I want to I want to be very clear here, like for people who are feeling to some degree in the same way. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. You know, just talk about it. Like, try to find somebody. It doesn't have to be, like, an expensive therapist at first. You know, maybe find somebody that you can, like, express how you're feeling, even if you don't quite have the vocabulary yet. You will yeah. once you get help. People will help you put the words. I mean, that's that's the, one of the biggest struggles for me before mm-hmm. I found therapy was mm-hmm. I had no idea what the hell, hell was going on with me. And mm-hmm. then I started like just talking about it, researching about it, getting therapy about it. And then you found the words and you knew, okay, this is what's happening. And this is how I can speak about it. And the more you talk about it, or at least I can only speak for myself. The more I talk about it, the better I feel about it. Yes. Yes. For people who maybe don't feel any of this, who are good for you, like not uh, touched by this, yeah. And you're thinking like, oh, come on, you know, how bad can it be? Just like drink some water, get some sleep and get back why, to it. Uh, why are they going to keep talking about right. depression? But I, I just want to say, the frog here. I'm actually happy for them. I am. I'm happy for them. And I, and I want, I don't want to be attacking them. I don't want to be attacking people who don't understand depression because it's hard to understand. Some of your best friends who are like the life of the party, mm-hmm. they could be depressed. You know, oh, it doesn't yeah. have to. It's not as obvious as you as as people may think it is. Anyway, think my point Robin is Williams. exactly. So for for folks who don't who are not touched by this, who don't know anyone touched by this, mm-hmm. thank God and like good for you. And it's just, like honestly wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's wonderful. And you know, go about your life, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just try if you don't understand it, that's okay, but mm-hmm. don't say it's a choice. It's not real. It's not real because it's insanely real. It's as real as amputation. It is real. And your internal world of your mind, whatever you want to refer to it as, the spaceship of your brain Mm -hmm. is just as real as what is on the outside. Don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise because 
you see the world in a in a perfectly unique and beautiful way and that cannot be no one can tell you that that's not real it's not fair and just just remember that like your best work comes from that space you know totally to kind of tie the loose ends of my story here my struggle was about bridging the gap between my internal world and the external world, you know, because mm-hmm. like we couldn't accept compliments. We couldn't like take praise, like all these things we just couldn't do. There was a, like I said, the, there was a miswiring in the brain, mm-hmm. but now we're actually not, not quite there, but we're actually, but starting to like, somebody will say a compliment and it's like, like somebody said the other day, you look very handsome. And I was like, Oh, that felt good. Mm -hmm. Like I could Mm -hmm. feel it, you know, I could actually feel it. And it was like, this is, this is what it feels like to, to know that you, you are real and you, your feelings are real and you exist and you matter. Is your transitioning journey over? Is it just beginning? Are you in the middle? Yeah, my journey, um, our journey is, uh, really just begun. You know, Corey is only about, you know, technically five months old now. <laughs> um, and I know it's going to be. So you're sleeping through the night. Is that, that's what that age is. Yeah. Oh, five, five months. Completely. By five I months, you should be sleeping through the night. Straight up. And... <laughs> slept nine hours, a couple, nine yeah. hours and one minute. And drinking like what... eight ounce, I think it's eight ounce bottles um, every four hours or five hours. I think oh, at yeah. that point. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. screaming baby all the time that's <laughs> us that's Corey. absolutely behind the wheel pooping pants all of it <laughs> uh, behind the millennial falcon but um yeah you know it's it's my transition is weird because it was mostly internal right with the exception of getting an undercut <laughs> um and changing pronouns in the name but mm-hmm. it, it it's um it's just beginning but I really, I just, I really do like thinking about this as a rebirth, you know, Me too. I think that's a really nice way and thinking about that, like, and I think for you, when you shared your story about when you look at those photos of yourself, like you had a rebirth too, you had a, you have like a reprogrammed Giuseppe. This is Giuseppe 2.0 or whatever you want to call your new Giuseppe form. Right. Yeah. And you're happy. You've, you've told me that. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. think that's amazing. And I think it's, I think it's possible to be two different people or three different people over the course of your life, um, slightly different well, versions you want, of yourself, and find you happiness know, every time. You want to know a secret? Scientifically, oh, yeah, scientifically, uh, your body is a different person about every 10 years because all of the cells have regenerated and you don't have any of the original cells that you had. 10 years prior. Oh my God. So let's see in five years, I should be definitely um, better looking and uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, five people, five Giuseppe's. <laughs> Isn't that fun to think about? That is, is wild. Nice? to think. Yeah. That is wild to think about. Um, oh my God. That is, that is bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. So let's end it. I don't even know how to end this one. I was going to say like, what would be one piece of advice that you want to share with illustrators listening in? But We've basically just not really spoken about illustration all that much. So, and I'm going to be okay with that. So here's the question. We have have in the negative space. We talked about what goes behind illustration, right? Yeah. We talked about how it is. Yeah. Illustration is hard, but guess what else? You can't, 
if you are living with depression, whatever degree, however it manifests, and you're still illustrating, which is hard. So two hard, very hard things to do that normal, average, non-depressive, non-artistic people live their lives every single day. And you have you picked up these two incredibly difficult tasks on your journey. Mm-hmm. Good job. And you're still around and you can hear my voice. You're doing all right. Kudos. You're yeah. crushing it. Crushing it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. using and, and I'll just add real quick too. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Um, just like how it used to be at work. <laughs> Peter God. Schmidt does not does not exceed my expectations. I'm gonna check that box off. <laughs> how do <laughs> how do they communicate poorly? Does not exceed expectations. Does not meet expectations. <laughs> does not meet expectations. God. Oh my God. Um, Corey needs to work on interrupting. Oh uh, those those forms were the, the worst. <laughs> it was exceeds my expectations. Slightly exceeds meets slightly, right. right meets uh, something like slightly doesn't meet or like uh, fails to meet or something significantly fails to meet expectations. Oh no! Yeah, well, something like that. Significantly fails. That's yeah, you brutal. are always significantly fails to meet. No, <laughs> but I just read. It. I was always like, well, all of my designers are awesome, and I expected them to be awesome, so I guess they meet my expectations. Check. I, I was always I was always oh like God. at meet or sli- I was always and I always had to give you guys one below meets. So I, I would right, give you like basically required. meets kind of because if I just gave you all meets or exceeds, mm-hmm. then it it might not look like I knew I was doing my job as a manager. What you're doing, you were just like the teacher who's like, whatever, A plus. A there plus, was A also plus. meet. there was also meets expectations, which are below meets, which was when you had a big pile of steak. And uh, we on we had to be underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> Meet. Oh, there's a there's a store. There's a joke there. There's another joke there. There's a there's a company there. Meets expectations. <laughs> Meets. And then the tag the tagline is dang. <laughs> that's a. <laughs> that's. I can't even say it. <laughs> that's a fine. That's a. <laughs> what. To find what? I've inherited my mom's trait, which is that she makes herself laugh so hard that she can't actually share the joke. And then when she shares it, everyone's like, okay. All and right. she's gone. She's just yeah. transcended. Just uh, that's a floor. fine cut. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, all right. Let's end, let's end this sucker. So um, I don't know. I mean, what would you, what would you say? What would be like one last thing that you would want to say to anyone who does live with depression? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have actually just the thing I want to say. And I wrote it down in my journal because I've been journaling. Nice. Um, and I really, really like it. I'm starting to meditate too. Awesome. It is. Okay, drum roll while I find the page. Here we go. Everyone has a story. Your story might help save someone's life. Corey's Instagram handle is at BC Peter Schmidt. If you enjoyed our conversation, please share it with your friends, follow the podcast and provide a positive rating and review. 
Become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash illustration D-E-P-T. In return, you will receive our soft enamel pin, a reusable discount code for 10% off, and access to patron-only episodes that we call Extra Credit. This podcast is produced by the Illustration Department, a global leader in online education for illustrators. Visit illustrationdept.com for class offerings, testimonials, the alumni showcase, the podcast show notes, our forum, the bookshop, and more. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.